Welcome everybody, my name is Alexander Grieb and you are listening to the second episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Congratulations, you made it through our first show, so now you're ready for this, because this is going to be a little bit longer one. A Q&A session where Stefan Batzdorf and I are going through the things that matter to you most. Why? Because you provided these questions. Examples? Has S4HANA full scope already? When is the best moment to go to S4HANA? Are the partners enabled? Difference between HANA Cloud Platform and SubCloud Platform? What are compatibility packs? What is this new data bundle all about? These and many more questions are covered. So grab a coffee and join us for 60 minutes of knowledge transfer at its best, where your questions are answered. And as long Stefan has not yet found out that he loses millions each year because he hasn't opened on barbecue venue yet, more Q&A episodes will follow, be sure. So before we jump into it, don't forget to like, share and subscribe us on iTunes, Spotify and OpenSAP. And provide your questions for the next Q&A episode via email to sapexpertspodcast at sap.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So, Stefan, thank you very much that you're here today. Welcome, Alex. And um, we start yeah, right on with the first question. And I think this is one we really got often. Has S4HANA full scope already? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I love this question. Is SAP S4HANA ready or not? Um, I always answer this with a counter question to the, to the colleagues and uh, asking, is the sub-business suite ready or not? Yeah. So, um, of course, I mean, we have a lot of scope. We have mm -hmm. full scope in a classical business suite, for example. Um, but also here, SAP developed Enhancement Package 7, Enhancement Package 8. So every time a new features and functionality is coming up. When we have a look at SAP S4HANA, um, I would say especially with the version 1809, which is out there since uh, one year already, SAP S4HANA has surpassed the functional scope of a classical ERP. So it has all the parts and all the ingredients. Um, SAP S4HANA has now also integrated a lot of standalone modules uh, like EWM, uh, the warehouse management, TM, transportation management, and also CRM, the customer relationship management. And even by this functionality, it always already surpassed the functional scope of a classical um, ERP. Of course, yeah, we have the so-called famous simplification list. And um, simplification list should be rather called incompatibility list because it <laughs> lists all the incompatibilities, all yeah. those functions and modules that have been deleted due to the innovation scope in SAP S4HANA. Um, and yes, certain modules that you might know from the classical ERP have been vanished. Um, for example, the old functional trade management, um, classical credit management, um, parts in project management, etc., but it has been replaced by new functionalities in SAP S4HANA. So when we talk about mm -hmm. scope, SAP S4HANA with version 1809 um, can rip and replace a classical ERP system. But it also means, and I'm open and true to you, open to you, it also means that you have sometimes to switch functional uh, modules mm -hmm. that you have implemented in the past. Um, but if you do it right, you will receive a lot of benefits and uh, more functional features than you had before. Absolutely. Um, and especially when, when I get asked the question, like, is has S4HANA the full scope already? Maybe sometimes it's not a bad idea to answer with another question. Like, for example, for what? What is your mindset asking yeah, these questions? Right. Are you talking about full scope? Is it the equivalent like a one-to-one -one equivalent functionality-wise of ECC, I think this should be never part of your discussion because when you are thinking about that, you you would be in a situation where you like put like this old German saying says like old wine into new bottles. Is this something where you want to start your implementation is of S4 HANA with? Is this this your goal or do you have like higher goals? So. Um, Probably that's, I, I'm not sure what your experience is in that case. I have in at least since now two years with the last two versions, not really the question anymore where we have big functionality gaps, which are any knockout criteria. Yeah. Um, anything where you may have a delta where I say, yeah, but I need in that case that, 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 for example, um, that can be sorted out during the project. 
in that case. But from a functionality part, um, we do not have those knockout criteria anymore. I cannot really say guaranteed there aren't any. Yeah, but from my experience, with my customer uh, experience uh, in the last two years, that has never been a question anymore. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's yeah. that was also my experience, and it always comes to the point: what what is the full scope, and what is the scope that you need as a customer? Yeah. So let's say the classical ERP has more than ninety thousand transactions and reports mm -hmm. across all modules, across all industries and verticals. Um, I don't know a single customer that uses all of these 90,000 transactions. Most Absolutely. of the customers uses 3,000, 8,000, 10,000 whatsoever. Um, I met, for example, a customer that uh, that has using 3,500 financial transactions for mm -hmm. the full financial scope and finance has more than 25,000 transactions. Yeah. Yeah. And out of these 90,000 transactions of the classical ERP, SAP has deleted 5,000 to 6,000 transactions in SAP S4HANA. So only a fraction and a portion of the transactions has been deleted. Um, so you still have a lot of functional scope. And um, also when it comes to the functionality, um, it is not the goal of SAP to move every single classical old transaction into a new Fury UI one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense because um, you can, if you still use the old functionality, you can use it via the GUI. The thing is SAP is building the new Furies um, only because of new functionality. So they yeah. build Furies, they yeah. embed new functionality, they merge several transactions into one single Fury UI. Mm -hmm. And with that, you have an increased functionality and increased scope also in SAP S4HANA. Absolutely. And what is always very important for me is when you go into that topic with the mindset of do we have full scope, you're a little bit in the danger of jumping into that always a never-ending delta discussion, yeah, where you can get almost maniac in looking and searching for deltas because you think that if there would be a delta in a certain way, um, this could be a knockout criteria for you. I always try to convince customers and anybody who is involved with that to ask a completely different questions, like how can S4HANA um, support our strategy? What not what do I want to do now, but what do I want to be able to achieve like in three to five years? What are my customers are doing? What are my competitors doing? And focus on that part of the game. And with that, you really get um, the much more feasible answer for your own situation and which way you want to go in that case. Absolutely right, yeah. Good. Um, next question, quite handy because we get it quite often. What is the difference between SAP best practices and the SAP model company in S4HANA? That's also a good question. <laughs> so I don't know whether you have all heard about the SAP best practices. Um, it is uh, www.sap.com slash uh, uh, BP for best practices. The SAP best practices are pre-configured uh, functional processes mainly for core ERP. So in the SAP best practices you can have um, the 10 most uh, important uh, processes configured like an order to cash, records to report, a procure to pay, a plan to produce um, and all these parts in finance, logistics and sales. Um, they're free of charge. You can download them and uh, implement them into your uh, SAP S4HANA installation. The model company sits on top. The model company is an SAP consulting service. The model company is built on top of the SAP best practices. So it uses this for a basic configuration. And then the model company expands the configuration of a classical S4HANA ERP by industry functionality mm -hmm. and verticals. So the, you have model companies for um, industries like for chemicals, for retail, for wholesale, for banking. Um, and you have model companies for line of businesses like um, digital finance, mm -hmm. uh, connected manufacturing, etc. So you can either choose um, to buy a model company for line of business or for industry verticals. So the model, whereas the SAP best practices, I would say, configures your ERP 50%, 60%, a model company configures 70, 80, even 90% of your core ERP, depending on the functional reach and scope that you have. It's a good start. Um, yeah. It's a good head start, um, especially when you target a greenfield installation. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can install SAP S4HANA, make it on the system. 
then you can ask an SI service partner to configure the whole system from scratch. Or you can use the model company as a head start. Mm-hmm. Um, you implement it. You get a pre-configured system with master data, with processes. Of course, it never 100% fits your functional needs. You always need to do a data configuration because every company is different. You know, Absolutely. You need to do customizing and adopt it. But at least you manage to configure 80%, 90% of the system and then you can do a small um, reconfiguration and delta configuration. So it shortens the time of implementation and gives you thus a head start into the digital experience with SAP S4HANA. Absolutely. And I think what's really attractive in that combination is that you do not have to have the fear of any greenfield approaches like you had in the past where you said oh, i will like have one year of template and and um, definition time before i like see my first processes in the system exactly now it's completely different yeah you can get a lot of work done by using these best practices in the model company and uh, it gives you like you said a really good head start you can already start with almost like 85% of the work done if you also include something like a discussion we will do this in a different episode when you start with okay first what is my what are my let's say complementary and what are my differentiating processes and say what's where I'm not really different like my like another company uh, you pull these processes right into the cloud then you're done with that and then you go to the rest and, and apply like the best practices of the model company onto it um, you're ready to go yeah you see already where to start and um, what's also very important in my opinion to say that neither the best practices nor the model company keep you from doing these next steps it's not like you lose a possibility it's like a template with settings and you can of course like if you have a setting on a certain dial you can also tweak and change that setting again if you wanted to have a little bit different so it's really just like a template for settings and from there you can start to do further customization or individualization i think you're right alex and you nailed it to the point when you said uh, focus on the differentiating factor yeah um because If you do it right and if you implement SAP S4HANA and you want to digitize your company, why should you focus on configuring order types, sales sales order types and the basic order to cash and order Mm -hmm. entry? Let someone else configure it. Focus on the differentiating processes, on those processes that you want to do different in SAP S4HANA like you did in the past in the classical ERP. Digitizing supply chain, digitizing finance, automating your processes. Focus on that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And by that, you will find out that you have or realize best practices in project management and in an approach to it by using best practices. Because I have a customer, for example, who went like live after 12 months on the greenfield with, I think it was like uh, 12 departments, mm. factories and stuff like that. So um, something that you would have need like three or four years in the past. And um, like I said, greenfield loses a lot of horror if you start like that and comes a viable alternative to doing all the brownfield stuff like you are tempted in the beginning because you're afraid of all the efforts. Um, So I hope we have made a quite a good answer concerning that topic because um, I get the message that it's always haunting many interested persons, but which is a good part that you are talking and uh, discussing about this um, because it's, like we said, a very good start. And a very good start is the central part of the next question also where it is stated when, and I like this one, when is the best moment to go on S4HANA? I think quite easily asked now. I would also say now or never because, um, I mean, When you would have asked me the question 2015, yeah. beginning mm-hmm. of 2016, and you would have been a complex manufacturing company or a retail company, I would have said, wait another year, mm-hmm. wait another one and a half or two years. As I said, relating to the first question, is SAP S4HANA ready or not with 1809 and even with 1909, the version that comes out in uh, September this year, um, you can rip and replace your existing ERP. So why would you wait? And um, I mean, 
when you start now and implement SAP S4HANA, being Greenfield or uh, Brownfield, in general, the implementation takes roughly an average be below a year, 7 to 12 mm -hmm. months or something yeah. like that. But that's just for one single system, for one single installation. Now, if you're a multinational company, if you have five ERP systems in, with multiple subsidiaries, if you have not a global standardized template, it takes you quite some years yeah, to, yeah. to decide on the right approach to mm -hmm. SAP S4HANA, then to build up the template, to decide also where to harmonize, and then to do the installations. Um, and there are not, not so much years to come. Um, you have no, that, uh, noticed that by 2025, um, SAP ends the mainstream maintenance of the classical ERP, mm. uh, of the classical business suite. So by then you should be in an ideal case, be on SAP S4HANA. Um, otherwise you pay customer specific maintenance and, um, and also the partners and the SIs, um, there are a lot out there. Yeah. But they are also heavily requested mm -hmm. by multinational global corporations. Um, so if you are a mid-sized European company etc yep. you better start now to get the best experts um, also from the partners from the SIs or from SAP um, to help you in your implementation absolutely I think if we would treat this question similar like a first question like um, has S4HANA full scope already because I think those questions are quite often related or come from exactly the same um, like mindset where you are asking um, what kind of risks do I have if I go now for S4 or do I mitigate or like sm have having smaller risks when I wait a little bit. Um, another question which is always coming into that question is like, is the 2025 finish? Is that really fixed or will there be something else? Um, since I personally would not, um, would not really... Um, tell you to believe any other thing like really the official statement you should really keep it like that if you do not listen or if you do not get the message which is really clear from our product management that says anything other than 2025 take the 2025 for granted just do it like that on the other hand i would then have to ask you um, do you really want to be one of those or maybe the last living customer using ECC Where is the purpose in that? Um, because um, I, from one partner from the Swisscom, there's a very nice chart who's talking about an innovation or investment gap, which would then be happening. Like SAP invests heavily in implementing new capabilities and better capabilities in S4HANA like uh, we have in ECC, which is something you as a customer, of course, are in a certain forced position to follow. If you wait for a long time, that gap opens. Yeah, so your bang when you do the shift to the S4 gets bigger and louder the longer you wait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right. a lot of these questions like, is it now already the right moment for me to go? Probably derives a lot from the beginning, like you said, Stefan, in the beginning, like in 2015 and so on, where we had, let's say, a better progress, or a, not a better, but a bigger progress in the finance part, like, for example, the logistics part. But this was very naturally, because how are ERP systems, you know it better than me, how are they basically founded or constructed? You start with finance. And this is quite natural, because finance can exist without logistics, but not logistics without finance. You would not even be able to place an order or something like that. So it is quite nat natural that of the finance part is a little bit ahead of the logistics part. But in my opinion, since at least 2018, when not 2017, there is no real being behind anymore. No. And like you said, um, if you go now or if you decide now to go on S4, um, you do get the resources much more easier. And you are not in that position that um, you have to do all the projects that come or may come with it at the same time yeah we will come to that in a different episode but um but one thing to add and even if you're a mm -hmm. customer that doesn't see now a necessity to move to s4hana because for you you haven't found out the business case you don't see mm -hmm. a benefit because you like your processes everything is mm -hmm. running good and stable even then you can do a simple technical system conversion of your erp system 
for just example, yes. do an upgrade. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to do some um, modifications. You have change changes to your custom code and adaptations. Uh, you have to buy new hardware, etc. But even then, you can do just a technical migration um, to SAP S4HANA, and then you are on the safe side. Exactly. Your license the door wise, is open. Door is open. Your license wise yeah. on the safe side. Uh, you run on the latest technology stack, yeah. so you are innovation safe. So and you can adopt any kinds of innovation that SAP is uh, bringing out, and then you can decide on your own path towards the digital core. Nicely said. The next question is something um, which is, let's call it, uh, some of uh, out of the Mythbusters part. Is it true that S4HANA on-premise will not be further developed? <laughs> Fast and easy answer. No. No. This it's is, not true. It's, it's not, not true. true. SAP has a development, a clear development strategy. They have a development strategy cloud first, which means um, SAP S4HANA is residing out of one single code line. So the developers, and I used to work in S4HANA development for quite some years, the developers develop new functionality. The functionality is first shipped out into the S4HANA public cloud every three months. And then after three months in September, it's consolidated into one single on-premise um, release, which will be the next 1909, uh, mid of September this year. Um, so they develop cloud first, but they develop the functionality both for cloud and for on-premise. Yeah, Meaning every new feature will also be developed um, for the on-premise part, but with a cloud mindset. So even on-premise customers um, that install S4HANA on-premise will benefit from cloud features. Meaning yep. the S4HANA on-premise has a lot of web UIs, uh, web functionality. Um, it, It's based on the SAP Cloud Platform, if you would like it. Uh, you can use for integration the subcloud connector. You can integrate in on-premise the cloud versions like mm -hmm. Ariba, FieldGlass, SuccessFactors. You can even integrate them to a classical ERP. Yeah. But in S4HANA, the integration is much more tighter. You're on the same technology level. Same yeah, technology. Which is natural. Yeah. Um, I give you an example. SAP has, for mm -hmm. example, harmonized the business object types of purchase order and purchase requisition between Ariba and the classical ERP. So the classical um, MMPOOR purchase order has been replaced by the Reba one, so they are harmonized. They are talking the same language. So you have a tighter integration on business object level, on business process level, for example. So there are lots of reasons not to think. I mean, if you say, is it true that SAP stops the development of the classical business suite? I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are no signs mm -hmm. that after AHP 8, there comes another enhancement package 9 or so. There mm -hmm. are no plans, nothing like that. Here, uh, we will do some bug fixing. Bug fixing. Security updates. That's what you new, get till 2025. New legal regulations yeah. like IFRS 16 and whatsoever. Exactly. Definitely. Mm -hmm. SAP still supports the business suite. Um, but the new development happens in S4 HANA. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, next question. This is also for you, Stefan. Um, quite candid. Are the partners enabled? What's your take on that? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And um, when I worked for SAP, I worked a lot with partners. I did a lot of partner enablement with the big SIs, um, but also with uh, small SIs. Um, now, since this year, I work for a partner. I work for um, one tier one uh, SI, and. Um, I'm, I'm really um, astonished um, how good the knowledge is with partners uh, regarding SAP S4HANA. The partners have managed within the last years to be well-educated. They are certified on SAP S4HANA, both on-premise and cloud, with all the kinds of certifications. Um, not only the big ones, but also uh, medium-sized, small partners. Um, they have built up an internal uh, knowledge pool. Um, for example, when we take Infosys, for example, they have more than 5,500 internally trained S4HANA consultants mm -hmm. in finance, logistics, etc. Um, and more and more consultants are coming up. Um, we have the highest certification level, platinum-wise, on, on the SAP part, uh, can run large-scale products. And so do I see it the same with, with the other big SIs, Accenture, Deloitte, um, whatsoever, NTT, yeah. but all, even smaller ones. And you also see... Um, partners that focus on public cloud, for example. Mm -hmm. We have partners that did a lot of implementations on the S4HANA public cloud and that focus and specialized especially on that. 
You have partners that focus, for example, on regions like being strong in the CEE, mm. Eastern European region, um, or you have classical big partners that focus mainly on on-premise, yeah. on landscape transformation, on uh, harmonization, uh, large-scale products. So I think there is a lot out there. Um, you can trust most of the partners, definitely, if not all. Um, a recommendation from me is when you choose your partner, um, ask them about the reference projects. Really ask mm. about how many S4HANA installations have you done? Yeah. Is it real? the real S4HANA? Are we talking about a suite on HANA with a simple yeah. finance add-on? Or have yeah. you done real S4HANA implementation, finance, logistics, how many in Greenfield, in Brownfield, etc.? If you target for, if you're looking for a partner that has to do a greenfield implementation with a business process harmonization, yeah. ask them really what mm -hmm. have you done, etc. Show me your references, yeah. um, and then you're on the safe side. This is an extremely important part what you just mentioned because um, I want to add on that if you are looking for a partner, look for the projects they've done, but do not only look at the name. They can give you yeah? yeah of course there may be one partner who may give you a very attractive name because it's a similar industry or it's a similar situation that customer had been in there but look deeper look at the transition method look at the deployment model what did they really accomplish with that customer i think this is even more important than just like uh, industry similarity or big names or whatever because with the big names also can be the danger that lots of those partners are still like stuck in projects there um, so you want to have those who can bring you and your individual position the farthest forward yeah, exactly and um, considering the partner situation itself um, we should never forget that when customers say like sap is expecting a lot of them yeah with the big transformation with the big disruptive um, technologies um, they're implementing um, The, the partners are in the same situation. Yeah, They really had to adopt to these new products. They really had to adopt to the new technology in a very fast way. And um, I think it's tremendous of what they have achieved in the last year and uh, the speed in which they um, caught up or stayed all the time at the side with us. And um, this is quite awesome. And in that way, there are lots of partners you absolutely can trust and... Um, um, so these questions can easily be answered. Yes, they are enabled, and um, I do not have any worries about partner-led projects. Absolutely not. no. Um, next one. This goes a little bit into the projects phased approach. How to cut? I think you need to explain the question a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, phased approach is talking about um, a project where you really do not want to have that big bang for whatever reason, but you want to say, I want to cut the cake a little bit into smaller pieces because the ele elephant can be eaten a lot of easier there. And um, that's why you want to do a phased approach. The reason why this question are asked are always yeah, like something like uncertainty. You want to mitigate risks, for example. That's why you want to make a phased approach, with, which really can help in that case. Of course, with everything, there is a backside, which is for me always very important to, to look at and to talk about because the backside always is additional effort. Yeah, when you have a big bang, of course, it's a big change. It can be a big change, but it is always the most efficient way to go on another system from a pure uh, project standpoint, of course. When you do something like a phased approach, where you say maybe first this region, then that region, you always have to have like additional efforts you would not have if you would put everything on the table within one step that you at first should be really clear about. Then second, of course, and this is what the question is all about, how shall I cut? I, to be honest, from my consulting background and my project management background, I have a really strong preference. And what I would never do is do a cut like horizontally, which is LOB-wise. No. It makes absolutely no sense. It can make a sense, for example, if you want to do, when you say like, makes it sense to go first on S4 with my financial part. It can make sense if you want to do, for example, 
a central finance deployment. We will talk in an episode later on, especially about that topic. But this is something where you have an own architecture, an own individual S4 system specialized on consolidation with S4. It is not like your normal S4 and your normal finance force um, shall be cut off from the rest and work in our own system. You would have to do like purely a lot of, um, you like to run like two parallel systems, like a finance systems and a logistic only systems in parallel, where one is S4, where the other one is ECC. Yeah, you basically would not have like E2E processes anymore. And you, I cannot really think about how many, um, how many interfaces you would need to run something like that. Um, I think this makes no sense at all, and you really should not waste a thought on that. If you want to do something like a cut, and if you do like something like a, a phased approach, it's much better to look for a regional cut, where you say, I have there a region I want to put up first, uh, because maybe it's simpler business there, or the people there are a little bit more open than maybe my uh, headquarters is, um, or you look like for business units or whatever, but it should be always like that, where you put like the whole bunch on a new S4HANA and you do not something like um, cut in inter in in company processes. This is nothing which really is. No, you're, <coughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. So from an LOB perspective, the only thing that makes sense, phased approach in line of business is finance first. I mean, you can do it. Finance first makes uh, can make sense, definitely, mm -hmm. especially when you have a heterogeneous landscape. Yeah. Um, but then only via the central finance approach mm -hmm. where you build up a new greenfield system, uh, your group finance backbone whatsoever. A uh, large um, automotive company from Bavaria is doing that, for example. Mm -hmm. They're building one single group finance backbone on yep. SAP S4HANA, consolidating all the financial processes, building yep. one harmonized finance template, chart of account, etc., mm -hmm. and the logistics systems connected to this. And then afterwards, in a second stage, uh, transforming the logistical systems. A large pharmaceutical company from Switzerland is also doing the same. But... Um, A phased approach in logistics, I would not do no. it. Not about it. It's, no. it's it's simply because logistics is so tightly integrated yep. between sales, QM, production, and even finance. Yep. Um, think about just about the data object replication; it yep. it will kill you. Uh, a regional split makes more sense, especially if you have when you have multiple systems. Let's assume you have multiple systems and you're targeting a greenfield mm -hmm. approach. Then it makes sense to build up one new greenfield system, mm -hmm. move first the subsidiary in Singapore yep. to that. Later on, your sales subsidiary is something in Poland. And then in a second, third stage, uh, the group system. Um, and then you have, if you target a single instance. If you already have one ERP system, if you already now have one single instance, Uh, a phase approach doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Then do a yeah, big, big bang. Either absolutely. a system conversion, convert it, or build a new one yeah. and uh, move over. Yeah. And especially think again what you want to achieve with a phased approach. You yeah. want to take care of your risks. You're not always minimizing your risk with it. Exactly, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So you really can, really easily can flip and by the complexity you build up with that, you achieve absolutely opposite of you wanted in the first place. So, yeah, emphasis or recommendation can only be like, take a good look at it, Yeah, consult with your partners, consult with your... Consult with SAP and your partners. SAP. Um, we have a lot of, uh, so everyone, even SAP and also partners, we have uh, workshops, um, mm -hmm. roadmap planning workshops, where we really look at your individual situation, discuss with you, build your individual roadmap uh, towards SAP S4HANA, not only whether it's greenfield or brownfield, sometimes perhaps also bluefield or blackfield could be an approach. Um, single instance versus multiple instance, yep. phased approach versus big bang, etc. What is the effort? What is the risk minimization? And so on. Um, there are good options um, to consult with your, with your partner and with SAP here. Yeah. Great. Next one. Is EHP8 prerequisite to go on S4HANA. <laughs> It's also one of those myths and I heard it yeah. also from multiple customers. Before we go to SAP S4HANA, we first, we first have, to have to upgrade go. to Enhancement Package exactly. H, uh, 8 and then we also have to switch the database to HANA first and then we can go. No, it's not. It's not a prerequisite. Uh, definitely not. Um, 
the prerequisite is you need to be on ECC 6.0. Yeah. If you're on ECC 5.0, you first have to upgrade or build a new system. But ECC 6.0 without any enhancement package, even EHP 0 or the base level is, is fine, enough. is, is enough. enough. Yeah. Uh, only prerequisite is Unicode. Um, and then you can upgrade to any kind of version of SAP S4 HANA. And um, yeah, so enhancement package 8 is only kind of prerequisite when you want to move first to suite on HANA. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether this is another question or whether we could tackle it now. We, we, we can answer it now, yeah, because what you are now saying is the part where you basically at first exchange the database. So the ECC stays basically the same. You run at a non-HANA database in the beginning and say, okay, I want to do the application-related stuff moving to S4 in a later project. And first I want to do that technical migration on S on HANA as a database. Yeah. Um, Which is called Sub Business Suite on, on HANA, HANA or yep. short suite on HANA. Exactly. Or S O H. Exactly. This is something which was like the beginning of the HANA game. Like yeah. what we did in 2000, when was it? 2013. Uh, 13, yes. Developed 2011 till 13. 13 was the release, yeah. And it was out there. There it made sense, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in the f- in the beginning, 2014, where we didn't have SAP S4HANA, we mm-hmm. just had the simple finance, yep. uh, so-called. And there was a rumor about a simple logistics and so on. But simple finance was a technical replacement add-on. Um their suite on HANA made sense. It was the first step um, into the into the HANA game. Mm-hmm. With read on HANA, you can speed up your processes because it runs on HANA on a memory. Um, several transactions run faster on HANA than before, mm-hmm. but you really have to switch to these new transactions. Yeah. So you have the old transaction code and then you have the new transaction code with an H HANA at yep. the end. Uh, so you have to do a business configuration, mm-hmm. a reconfiguration. Um, nowadays, I would say it doesn't make sense at all no. to move there. Definitely not. Because, I mean, let's let's assume you have a lot of money, you want to waste some money, and you want to do pro- two projects, yep. you can do so, definitely. But even if you run on Sweet on HANA, um, it's also end of maintenance 2025. Yep. So the next S4 HANA project comes in two years, three years, etc. There is only, for me, there is only one reason to go Sweet on HANA first. Let's assume you have a large system landscape. Um, you're running on, for example, on Oracle database. You have moved multiple systems, the BW, mm-hmm. NetWeaver, the PI process integration to HANA, the solution manager to HANA already. Only your ERP system is still on Oracle. And you want to get rid of Oracle. Um, because um, it, with Oracle it is, when you have still one system running on Oracle, mm-hmm. they charge you 20% for the whole or 25% for the whole application value, mm-hmm. even for those application systems that are not running on their database, but on mm-hmm. HANA. So, and I was discussing with one German retail customer, with one large electronic retail customer, and they were not yet ready for S for HANA, mm-hmm. but they wanted to get rid of the database and move all the and systems on license harmonization, move everything mm-hmm. on HANA. Yeah. Then it makes sense to mm-hmm. do first the Sweet on HANA project, just a database upgrade yeah. uh, and an EHP upgrade to EHP 7 or 8 um, because then they can get rid of the license and put the money into the S4HANA implementation yeah. and they get next year um, onto S4HANA. Um, because it also was because the hardware was running out. They had to buy mm-hmm. a new license, new hardware mm-hmm. um, for Oracle um, by the end of this year. Uh, and if you want to really avoid this money, then it makes sense. But that's for me the only reason to get rid of the database. Yeah, and I, in the last two years, uh, like in, in the similar example we had in another question, I cannot really remember when a customer was really doing that, like doing that step. Because they mm-hmm. said, of course, still, it's not just a database in, database out stuff. You also have to upgrade your ECC version. Because it's not the same ECC version you use after this. It's, it's an HANA-enabled ECC version. It's like, for example, when you decide to change your the way your engine in your car runs from petrol to diesel, 
yes, you. It's not just about exchanging the engine. It's also about exchanging your fuel system, valves fuel tank valves, and yeah. so on and so on. So there, there are certain other homework that has to be done in that case, and uh, you really should think about if you can cannot do this in just one step because. When you then go on S4 HANA later on, you also have to go on your database you, because when you are running on Suite on HANA, you're not on the new data model. Definitely. And you have yep. to anyhow adopt your custom code once again. Exactly. You have to change and adopt your business processes. Exactly. It does not minimize your risk. Yep. And it does not even give you a, a kind of, let's say, a head start or benefit into yep. SAP. You don't have a um, yeah, benefit Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Um, Good. Um, this comes to a question which is quite similar. Will S4HANA once or ever be released on a non-HANA database? <laughs> I heard this once from a partner from an SI. Um, he said, I uh, heard the rumor that SAP uh, plans, to plans to release There's a lot of rumors SAP S4HANA yes. also on <laughs> whatsoever, IBM, Oracle, Microsoft, SQL Server or so on. No. Definitely not. It's technically um, not possible. Yeah, first of all, yeah. it's called SAP S4 HANA, which is the suite optimized for the HANA database. Um, but it's also technically not possible because uh, SAP is not SAP S4 HANA is not simply running on the HANA database and using just the mm -hmm. memory database. Um, but we also switched the uh, the coding of the transactions. We did a code push down, so mm -hmm. we pushed the business logic down to the database level. We are using um, classical ingredients and classic, uh, let's say, features of the HANA database, like uh, the predictive analytics library, um, um, the binary search of large objects, uh, spatial text search. Let me jump um, on that, what you said before, because this is very important. It's not the old systematic anymore, where you had something like an intelligent application layer, and you had a, sorry to say that, little bit dump database. No, layer, no, it's not. Which was just for doing administration of your data. And for everything which application layer wanted to do, you had to get the data from the database up into the application yep. layer. And then do the business logic. Yeah. Exactly. And then put everything down again. This yep. was one of the factors why old process can be very slow. Yeah, because you have to do that. Yeah, you load, up, pull you down load again. first yeah. you load all the stuff from the database that you need and then you do the mixing and sampling exactly. and the business logic, etc. And now it's completely different. Yeah. Lots so of for, exa for example, HANA has mm -hmm. a spatial text search. I like it. And mm -hmm. uh, you can put a lot of blobs, binary large objects, a lot of textes, text, etc. into the HANA database. And the HANA database crawls and uses yep. uh, semantic. It it checks, for example, all Twitter feeds mm -hmm. or Facebook feeds, for example, and checks out whether the community out there is thinking positive about mm -hmm. your product or negatively mm -hmm. yeah so it can really do some sentiment analysis and uh, and then brings it up proactively to the application uh, for example for example to a marketing application like hey your product is not that good uh, mm -hmm. somehow in japan but it's doing good in europe uh, perhaps you have to do some brand advertisement over there in japan to boost your sales yeah um, so HANA becomes uh, or has become very, very intelligent. Uh, it's not a dump database. Yeah. Exactly. It's about like um, the application layer giving orders to the database to execute something. So the action happens there and stays there. And I think this is the important message about that. Yeah. You do not have to do all the push up, push down again, yeah. but things like MRP and so on is happening there and the stuff stays there. Yeah, That's why you um, are faster Oh, that's a very important aspect of being faster than you've been before. So, um, but like I said, these questions are still happening um, a lot and uh, I'm not no, really surprised be, that they are it coming will, up. It here. will be HANA-based definitely and that's also a strategy of SAP to move uh, every kind of object, every kind of application to, to the HANA database. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one Another qu nice question that we have, um, is the Adoption Starter program a suitable way for enablement? I would say yes. I would say yes. I think we have to explain, for example, the adoption what starter. What the adoption starter is. What the adoption starter is. Um, uh, I don't know exactly how long it runs. Is it 90 days? 90 days. 90 yes. days mm -hmm. uh, program. You register there. It's free of charge. Um, SAP explains you the various options, how you could uh, um, find out what is the benefit of SAP S4HANA, how can I check my systems, what kind of tools and reports I could use to analyze my system, to prepare myself for the road to SAP S4HANA. 
Um, it's an educational program. Um, you have to do some several tasks, uh, come back also when you've done your homework and yep. SAP checks it and you prepare your own reports. I think if you have not, I think if you just know some marketing stuff about SAP as for HANA, but if you don't know the technical details, if you especially also don't know and don't feel familiar how to analyze your system, so what kind of custom mm -hmm. code do I need to change? Is my system ready? Do I have some partner add-ons installed that I, uh, that I need to update? So if you don't know all of these things, the adoption starter totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you're not a newbie, if you're already uh, a guru in SAP S4HANA, if you know all the stuff, if you know how to execute the SAP S4HANA readiness check, if you know how to use um, the DMO option of SUM, if you know how to use uh, the ABAP test cockpit to, to check your custom code, if you know mm -hmm. the simplification list in by heart, um, then I would say you don't need it because, because then you have already learned all the things. Yeah. But um, if you're a newbie, go for it. It makes sense. Absolutely. And I think especially the starter is a very important part in that title of the program because it's it's a very good thing if you're like, yes, I want to do it, but you may ask yourself, where should I start? And you want to get the knowledge, where should I start? So that's what it really is great about, like giving you that help and giving you that picture because you had like classroom sessions, you have individual sessions in there and you get lots of homework, like where you have to run certain analysis and so on, come back with that and you talk about this later on. So this is, I think, also a very important part. When you're talking about mass enablement, yeah, like when you have about like 40 people within your company, I think this is absolutely not the right no, thing. No, 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 no. Because at first you really, you, you have a quite interesting time there because we really have to work it's not nothing you can do like next to your normal job yeah and you say i do it like one or two hours in the evening um you really spend some time there and you don't learn about sap s4hana like that yeah you don't exactly. you don't find out mm -hmm. how the s4hana logistics finance is doing and so mm -hmm. it's not good for a business training yeah. you cannot train your business users you cannot train your process owners in mm -hmm. it with that exactly. it's just about the technical thing how to analyze your system absolutely yeah like for example for your training stuff and so on for getting the knowledge talk to your PE premium engagement PE um, seller for having that starter and giving you the enablement on how to do that first push um, this is absolutely good so it's nothing like being there just because it's free of charge and that's what it makes or, sh or that should be not the main trigger why it is attractive to you but um, that you are able after these 90 days to answer these or most of the questions that we answer you right now, like in this show. Yeah. Um, it was so funny. I also met a CIO of a large German retail corporation and he was also participating in the adoption starter. And I said, why are himself. you... Himself. Himself. I said, why are, you, why are you doing <laughs> it? And he said, yeah, we start the project, SAP S4HANA, with uh, a bit ourselves and SAP Consulting is, mm -hmm. uh, is also helping us. But I want to know if they are doing the right things. So I need to educate myself to find out. Yeah, And um, it was fun. Yeah. Fun to see it. I absolutely agree. Okay, next question, which is also classic. What are compatibility packs? <laughs> nice question. Compatibility packs, yeah. Um, when SAP started to develop SAP S4HANA, they did a lot of um, simplifications, harmonizations, so changed the data model got rid of components, interfaces, etc. But SAP also wanted to give a clear choice to our customers regarding solutions and functionality. Because in the classical business suite, you have multiple components for the same functionality. You have multiple rules, frameworks, and forms. You had multiple uh, foreign trade systems, multiple project management systems, multiple credit management, and so on, and so on. So SAP has chosen um, a de facto standard. Um, clear choice to customers. This is the solution, the go-forward solution that we um, that we use. For example, for warehouse management, the classical WM is set to to be sunsetted, to mm -hmm. be deleted soon, and the de facto solution is the EWM, the extended warehouse management, and so on. So the compatibility list holds exactly those components that you can still use inside S4HANA until 2025 end of mainstream, mainstream maintenance of the classical business suite. And then afterwards, you need to switch to the new solution. Which is quite natural in like a development progress. Sure. You have to cut off old tails yeah, if you want to do something new. 
And yeah. it also gives clear choice to our customers. Yeah. Now they know mm. what is the strategy, mm. which are the go-to solutions that mm. SAP supports in the future. Mm -hmm. So they have clear choice and know what to do. Yeah. And if you like see from that side that the simplification list is a look into the past, what has been changed, the compatibility pack is in a certain way, I do not say it's complete, but in a certain way gives a hint as a look into the future, what will be cut off, what will be changed. Yeah. And by this you have the chance, like if you, for example, decide now to go on S4HANA, you have still time to decide or to make something like a roadmap or like a strategy map. When you want to do all those satellite projects, yeah, like you go now on S4, you do an ERP project and then you still have like for 2022 time for your WM or like in 2024 for your HCM. And uh, this really can, if you're talking about the big bang, not keeping your bang from getting too loud. Yeah, You still have the time to do something like a sequencing that makes yeah. sense. And if you like wait for too long, like to 2024 maybe to go to S4HANA, you do not only have something like an ERP project, you also have an ERP project plus a WM project plus an HCM project and yeah. so on. So um, whenever you go into a project, um, the compatibility list is a wise choice to also take a look at Definitely, you need to have a look at it. And there's only one recommendation I can give you. If you're targeting, for example, a brownfield approach, yeah, system conversion, you want to keep your existing system. And inside the system, you're using, for example, the CS module, mm -hmm. customer services, yeah. or the PS project system. Mm -hmm. um, do a system conversion, Keep leave these components, keep it and plan for a replacement project within the next five years. But if you are targeting a greenfield approach and you anyhow build up a new system, try to avoid yeah. configuring the components yeah. of the compatibility list. Try to directly implement the new successor solutions to be on the safe side. Helps to avoid double work and stuff like that. Absolutely. Great. Um, maybe a last one for today. Um, I think which could be very interesting is <laughs> something like, um, yeah, let's say converting convention issue. Difference between HANA cloud platform and sub-cloud platform. <laughs> something which uh, may happen if you get hand on old slides, you will find the name HANA cloud platform. And is there a difference to the subcloud platform. Alex, there is no difference. Absolutely there is no difference. Not. It was just the old name. Before exactly. it was called uh, HANA Cloud Platform, HCP. Now it's called subcloud platform since uh, quite some year. And um, SAP has also done this rebranding in order to reflect that the subcloud platform is also a multi-cloud. It, mm -hmm. uh, it runs not only in the SAP data center on the SAP infrastructure. Mm -hmm. It can also run on Microsoft Azure, uh, Amazon Web Services, mm -hmm. Google Cloud, And um, so it's completely open. Of course, it runs. The data is still uh, stored in a HANA database. So subcloud platform still features HANA, but it's an open platform supporting multiple uh, cloud infrastructure vendors. So, so it basically it's the same. And if you see still HCP or HANA cloud platform on some old slides, um, just make the switch in your brain. Exactly it's a subcloud it platform. It was just like to a little bit put more focus and more sharpness on the openness. The cloud platform is supposed to be. Um, maybe just to finish, and I think since this is quite an often discussed topic, we should uh, have something like a last take on what the sub-cloud platform really is about, because I think this is one of the most interesting offerings and most important offerings that you should also take a look at it, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. The sub-cloud platform is first an, uh, an open um, development platform. You can use it in order to develop your own applications. Mm. You can extend your classical um, native SAP applications. You can extend the business suite, extend SAP S4HANA. Um, partners using the subcloud platform on building own extension points, own applications. For example, Infosys has more than 25 apps uh, built on the SAP cloud platform and released in the SAP App Store. Uh, one of the uh, uh, top SIs doing so. Mm -hmm. um, we recommend um, all our customers that have done um, classical customizations and extensions um, 
directly in ABAP in the classical mm -hmm. business suite. We recommend them doing them side by side now on the SAP cloud platform using this open development mm -hmm. um, platform because then you decouple your extensions from the core. You yep. keep your core stable and run the innovations, run the extensions side by side in the SAP Cloud Platform. And this is what you say, a very important thing in my opinion, because it's quite often overlooked. Of course, you concentrate when you hear it's like sub cloud form, always on the, let's say, build your own application part, because there are some very spectacular examples for that, um, where you can like uh, build up from scratch quite easily and quite fast applications which are complete uh, where you reach complete uh, from mobile sources and etc and so on but i think a very attractive like you said part is when you now start for example with an on-premise installation new would you really at that same moment start again in modificating this instance this applications from the beginning uh, like which may lead you into a status what you had with your past ECC application yeah. where at a certain level you reach the point where it got very difficult to um, maintenance or um, like to, to, to still keeping cope of that or do you want to say like I of course need my individuality uh, but instead of like doing this right on the S4HANA which I implemented, for example, at my own uh, site, I use the subcloud platform for this. Uh, the user, in the end, does not know the difference. Yeah, like, you do not know the difference from where you go from your iPad, iPhone or iPad if an app is something like a link into a cloud application or is it really happening on no, your, on you your simply, iPhone? You, you simply develop the user front-end, yeah. the Fiori application on the subcloud platform. Mm -hmm. You deploy it to your Fiori launchpad where all and the on-premise Fiori's yeah. are. The user doesn't recognize, doesn't, doesn't think about Absolutely. where is the application running. Yeah. Okay. And I would even go so far to say um, when you do, you should not do an S4 HANA project without the cloud platform. There's always... Especially not, especially if you have a hybrid strategy. Yeah. So if you have on-premise systems and one system is cloud or if you're using the Ariba or the Concor, some success factors, some cloud solutions, the sub-cloud platform mm -hmm. is the middleware, the integration yeah. platform, because not only extending, but also integration platform, subcloud platform is the successor of the classical NetViva PI, PO mm -hmm. process, uh, integration and orchestration. Um, whenever you want to connect an S4HANA system with a success vectors conquer, uh, SAP offers built-in pre-configured integration parts you can directly deploy and the uh, application monitoring, the integration mm -hmm. is, is done in the system. And last but not least, SAP has also released now an ABAP version in the mm -hmm. subcloud platform. Before, the subcloud platform was just open source, yep. Java, mm -hmm. Node.js, etc. Now the subcloud platform also offers native ABAP development. Mm -hmm. It's the ABAP environment in the cloud. Yeah. And um, yeah, now all the ABAP coders can also develop and code uh, extensions and applications directly in the subcloud platform using their known ABAP 4GL language. Perfect. And I think the to maybe finish this Q&A session. What I think is a very nice and charming scenario is um, you know about the, let's say, statement that in, for example, a public cloud, so a multi-tenant environment, you are forced to a standard, which in a certain way is not wrong, yeah, because you cannot configure something which is happening on a multi-tenant cloud installation. It's just it not simplifies possible. your environment. Exactly, yeah. but it's not, not that focused. But you can do your individuality within the sub-cloud platform. Yeah. Or, for example, when you are now in an on-premise installation and you have your individuality in a sub-platform environment, you then maybe if you decide like in two or three years to go on a public cloud installation, you can just take your sub-cloud individuality with you. And especially think yeah. about being a speedboat. Yeah? yeah. So you want to try out IoT. You want mm -hmm. to try out blockchain. You want to try out big data analysis yeah. whatsoever without risking the stability of your core ERP system mm -hmm. and your core business processes. Do it in the sub-cloud platform. Yeah. You have the data there. Yeah, we have uh, with the sub big data hub, you can crawl any kinds of big data. You can analyze it. You can build your applications. And once you've put the logic, once you've use the application and build the logic, pump it back into your S4HANA ERP system to do something with it, yeah. Perfect. I have to take a look onto 
my watch because time is up. Um, that was quite awesome. Um, Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun again. Absolutely, absolutely. And just to tell it, whenever you have any questions which you want to have been answered, because um, I hope, Stefan, there will be, of course, follow-ups with you having you here on the show, then write us an email on sapexpertspodcast at sap.com and we will be happy to cover them. So thanks a lot here. It was a really good fun for us and um, hope to have you here on the next episode. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.